Ahoy! Hello, welcome along. It's a brand new episode of the greatest podcast in the universe. This is the Fun Kids Science Weekly. My name's Dan, thank you for listening. It's the place where we search out all the science secrets lurking all around the universe. No matter where it is, no matter how far away it is, no matter how dark the place it might be lurking, we will seek it out. Uh, This week, we'll look at one of the weirdest elements that's ever been found, and it's only just been found. Also, we'll solve the mystery of why some stars went dark. And I've got your questions as always. This week, they're on sweat, on snot, and on food. That's coming up after we catch up with our alien mates who still haven't got home, by the way. What are they up to? It's NNG. NNG's Meter Motivator. So, guys, you know all about energy, right? No, we are energy. Well, you know I'm trying to be a meter motivator. That means knowing all the ways you can save energy and prevent waste. So, got any tips? Of course. Let's start in the kitchen. Did you know most of you humanoids use more energy in the kitchen than in any other room? So let's get cooking. Microwaves cook food more quickly than ovens and so use less energy. So if you need to heat something up, give it a ping. And if you're using the cooker, did you know you could turn off the hob or the oven before the end of the cooking time and the heat takes a while to reduce so the job can finish for free? There's no point in boiling more water than you need for a tasty hot drink. You're only wasting energy. Only put the amount of water you need in the kettle. And don't forget to finish making the drink, or you'll be boiling it all again. If you drink a lot of tea, why not make up a flask? You'll only need to boil the kettle once, and you'll always have a hot cup to hand. Steaming is not only a healthy way to cook vegetables, you can stack different ingredients in tiers to steam, meaning you only use one hob. And get your hands dirty. Use a hand whisk, not an electric mixer. And if there's only one or two plates to wash, wash them by hand instead of using your dishwasher-matics. It'll help you build up an appetite. Do you have a machine or robot helper to wash your dishes? Check out the different settings. There might be super fast low energy cycles, which will use less energy and save you money too. And the top tip of all, watch your smart meter energy display. Keep an eye on what you're spending on gas and electricity as you go along. It will remind you to try out energy saving techniques and you'll notice if you've accidentally left something switched on. That's brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thanks to you, Earthling. You're becoming a real meter motivator. Watch out. Looks like we're going to fuse, G. Time for us to pop. Here it comes, whoopee. I love a bit of fusion. See ya, kid. Bye, NNG. And thanks. Here it comes. It's question time on the Fun Kids Science Weekly. I love this. It's my favourite part of the show. If you've got something sciencey rattling around your brain, if you need it solved, if it's kind of keeping you awake at night, uh, leave it for me over on Apple Podcasts. Drop the Fun Kids Science Weekly review. There's a little comment box at the bottom right after you've given us five stars. That is where you leave your review and your question. This one is from James, who wants to know, how do we sweat? Now, James, we sweat because it keeps us cool. The body doesn't work too well when it's hot. And sweat is mostly water, 
with salt in there and there are little bits of chemicals like ammonia and urea they're left over from your body doing other stuff a little bit of waste it makes its way into your sweat now you've got special parts of your skin called sweat glands and they make this liquid and they push it out through tiny holes called pores which are all over you now when that sweat gets on your skin it evaporates and it becomes a gas This takes away some of that heat, it draws the warmth away from your body and it helps you cool down. Now some animals can't sweat like like elephants and hippos, that's why they splash water over themselves because that water, that draws the heat out and that evaporates away and helps them cool down as well. Thank you for the question. This one is from Marley who's in Mozambique. I don't think we've ever had a listener write in from Mozambique. Very happy that, yeah, yeah, that you're there. Uh, Marley, you want to know, why do we need snot to survive? Very important is snot because it makes breathing easier. Now, when you breathe air in through your nose, it contains a lot of stuff that you don't want, like dust and dirt and germs and pollen. And when that get, if that got, got into your lungs, it would make it hard to breathe. It could get you infected as well, which is never a good sign. Now, snot is made to trap some of that stuff. It gets in your nose and it sticks to it. It sticks to it. It does make delicious but kind of disgusting bogeys. So there's that. But also, it helps you breathe and helps you stay alive. Thank you so much for the question. Marley, lastly, from Awesome Penguin Lover 222, who wants to know, where do humans come from in the food chain? Now, it seems strange, doesn't it, that we're not quite top, even though we do eat animals and plants. We're kind of near the middle, really. The food chain is all about who you eat and who eats you. Now, some creatures, if they had the chance, would eat us. But there are some predators out there that are apex predators. They are top of the tree, top of the chain. Stuff like polar bears and killer whales, they are the highest ones because no one goes out to hunt them. With a polar bear, you kind of figure out why. So we're kind of near the middle. Awesome Penguin Lover 2022. Thank you so much for the question. Uh, If you've got something, you need to leave it as a review for us over on Apple Podcasts. You might remember very quickly, the other week I read out a question from someone called Kerry in Ireland. Her name isn't Kerry in Ireland. She's from Kerry in Ireland. Her name is Ella. Sorry, Ella. (laughs) When you leave me a question on Apple Podcasts, maybe put your name in capital so I don't get it wrong. It's the Fun Kids Science Weekly. Now, dogs have given us one more reason to love them. Uh, They've got super senses, it seems. We're thinking maybe they can spot thermal radiation. Uh, I want to find out more about this. Anna Barlin is from the Utrecht Lorand University in Hungary, and she joins us now. Anna, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hi. Uh, So you're in Hungary in Budapest. How is it out there right now? Is it a bright, sunny day? Uh, yeah, it's intermittent with rain, but it, with showers, but it's, it's basically perfect. So it's a nice, nice spring, summer day. A good day to discover some science stuff. So dogs have got super senses, Anna. What made you first start looking into perhaps they had more, one more sense than we do? So uh, the original idea was based on a commonly uh, known um, phenomenon, which is that dogs usually have cold noses. We all know this because whenever they touch our hands, we can feel this. Principal investigator of this study, Ronald Kruger, he, he's a professor at Lund University in Sweden. When he got his own dog, he thought that this, this is very curious and he wanted to study this. And he, he, he thought that th- there might be more to this. And he got this idea that maybe when, when, when some body part is colder, 
than, than other parts, then that may be useful to send um, heat. So that is how it, this whole thing came about. How did the research go about, Anna? Your, your, your colleague there has a dog with a wet nose. How are you testing this out? So we thought that uh, the best um, test for this would be if we could, uh, if we could show that, that dogs can actually find a heat source. And so we, we, we tried to train them for this task. And we, we tried to look for these dogs around us. So we, we had a couple of them and we started training them to make a choice between two um, visually identical objects. And one was um, at Indian temperature and the other one was a bit warmer, um, about 10 degrees Celsius warmer than, the, than, than ambient temperature. And so their, their task was to make a choice from a distance. So they couldn't uh, touch it. But from in, in one of the experiments, the behavioral experiment, it was quite a small object, uh, let's say um, a 30 by 30 um, centimeter square uh, surface. And they had to make their choice from 1.6 meters. And then gradually, we also uh, decreased the size of the surface when they got better and when they, when they got the hang of this, um, this uh, task. And they could, they could even detect smaller surfaces. Now, Anna, we can feel heat. Like it's pretty warm where I am right now. And I know I can feel that it's hot all around me. How is a dog sensing it with its nose how is that a different sense to just us feeling heat as we're outside so the thing is that we don't know the exact uh, mechanism how this works within the skin um but we but what we know so far is that this is not something totally different from us sensing heat when we touch something the main difference between it is that this is way more sensitive uh, if you think about, um, let's say, pit vipers, the snakes that are very sensitive to, uh, and we know this um, uh, for quite a long time, that they are sens- sensitive to thermal radiation. That's how we call it when you can sense heat from a distance without touching it. Uh, we think that this is a very similar mechanism. And in that case, in the case of the snakes, it's not, uh, it's not, um, the mechanism is not different from us touching something and feeling it um, by touching it. But the only difference is that it's way, way, way more sensitive. And why would they need this extra sense to help them figure out what's hot and what's not? What is it doing for a dog's life? We don't know exactly because in this test, uh, in in this um, investigation that we did, our first um, question was only, um, we, we only wanted to show that they are capable of doing this. We, we, we didn't do tests to actually test them in real life situations. But so we only have guesses, but we think that they can use this um, in predatory situations when they're looking for food. And that's because um, if you think about the dog's uh, closest wild ancestor, the wolf, they, they live in temperate, temperate regions and even Arctic regions, but they, they prey for large mammals. And if you think about it, um, compared to their uh, in, compared to the environment, their prey animal is a is quite a large heat source. So we thought that maybe because of these specific circumstances, this is where it originates from in the dogs. We also know that wolves also have cold noses, by the way. We know so, this from infrared images. So, so they have cold noses, cold, wet yes. noses, but they're brilliant at yes. sensing when something's warm. Well, that's what we think. We haven't tested wolves. We only tested dogs. 
But uh, yes, this is our um, this is our hypothesis that it, it, this sense, if it exists, it has to originate somewhere. So this is our best guess now. But the, these usually require further investigations, of course, to show these. It's time for this week's Dangerous Dam, which is all about an element that we've only just found. Uh, I say just, it was 25 years ago. But elements have been around forever, for billions of years, so this is pretty new for us. It's copernicium. It's a metal, it's radioactive, it's named after Copernicus, a scientist who discovered that the sun was at the centre of the solar system. Before then, everyone thought the planets went around us on Earth. Now, we don't really know that much about it. It's a man-made element, and it's only used in research. So... There's not a lot to go on in this week's Dangerous stand, but please, here's what caught my eye about copernicium. It's a metal that turns into a gas when it's at room temperature. So you would never really see it as a, as a hard metal. If you saw it, it would be at room temperature and it would vanish in front of your eyes, vanish into a gas and you could inhale it, which means with copernicium, you could actually breathe in a metal. <laughs> There's still a little bit of time left to get your tickets, by the way, for Fun Kids Science Weekly Live. We're doing a live show at the end of August in London. It's part of the Underbellies Festival that they've got going on. It's going to be in a beautiful Spiegel tent that's filled with science. Sometimes they do circus stuff there. This time, it's all about the science. Uh, We'll do some experiments. We're going to get some dangerous things there as well. We're going to get some of your favourite genius experts that you know, and we'll talk about all of the science mysteries. If you love this podcast, I'd love to see you there and bring your science questions too, because we'll ask one of the experts something that's on your mind. It's happening at the end of August uh, in London, It's Fun Kids Science Weekly Live. You can get your tickets right now over at funkidslive.com. It's time to look at the sky right now. Find out what's happening with the weather and the climate. This is Marina Ventura. Marina Ventura's Climate Explorers. Hi there. Marina Ventura here. I love finding out about the natural world, and that includes the Earth's climate. We know that weather can change from one day to the next, but climates can change too over the time span of years, centuries, or even longer. So I'm on a mission to fill MapApp with the latest climate information with the help of some awesome climate explorers. Come on then, let's go! We've been finding out that the climate naturally changes over time, but that humans are having an impact too. The planet is experiencing extreme weather conditions and rising sea levels, which are affecting not only humans, but all animals and plant life on Earth too. Sometimes it's hard to feel like you can make a difference, or it can seem like the problems are so big that nothing will help. But that's not the case. That's right. There's plenty you can do. Let's talk to another climate explorer who has some great tips for us. Hi, I'm Rosita and I'm an energy scientist. The biggest cause of man-made climate change is the gases which are produced when we burn fossil fuels. We burn them to produce energy in power stations that creates electricity so that we can power lights and gadgets. We also burn them to heat our homes and they're in the fuel we use in our cars. So the simplest way to make a difference is to use less energy that comes from burning fossil fuels. Whenever you're not using the TV, computer or video game console, switch them off. Don't just leave them on standby. That way, they won't use as much energy. Switching lights off when no one is in a room is another easy way to reduce the amount of energy used. It's easy to switch them off 
If we all unplugged our mobile phone and tablet chargers after using them, we could close a big coal-fired power station. We could all walk or cycle short distances instead of driving to reduce the amount of fuel we use in our cars. If it's possible, walk or cycle to school instead of taking the bus. You'll get fitter too. Phil, the forest scientist, told us that trees absorb carbon in the atmosphere and help reduce the amount of greenhouse gases. So what happens when we cut down forests to make room for farms? Many acres of forest are lost to farm grains to feed cows, to feed us. This land would be able to feed many more people if we ate the grains ourselves. So by not letting food go to waste or by eating less meat, we have a way to preserve forests and help us reduce the amount of greenhouse gases. Thanks, Rosita. There are some brilliant tips there. Um, Marina... We've forgotten something else that kids can do to help tackle climate change. What's that, Mappy? They can become climate explorers too. Of course. We've met lots of really cool scientists who study every corner of the world to find out more about the Earth's climate and how it's changing. From volcanoes to coral reefs and tropical islands. Up in the clouds and into the deepest forests. Looking at animals, plants, fossils and oceans. Using computers, drones, aeroplanes and lasers. There's tons of careers you can get stuck into when you're a grown-up to really make a difference and learn more about our wonderful planet. Now, what about a walk to the woods to count some tree rings? Good idea, Marina. I think we've earned a break. Marina Ventura's Climate Explorers, supported by the Natural Environment Research Council, the science of the natural world. Find out more at funkidslive.com slash marina. It's time for this week's Science in the News. Astronomers say they figured out why one of the brightest stars in the night sky suddenly got darker a year ago. Do you remember this? We spoke about this, about Betelgeuse, a red supergiant, which dimmed at the end of 2019, start of 2020. People thought it might explode, but it didn't. A team using something called the Very Large Telescope that's its actual name, by the way. They've called it the Very Large Telescope. It's in Chile. They say that a giant dust cloud got between us and the star, and that's why it went dark. Uh, also, an Egyptian vulture has been spotted in the UK, in the Isles of Scilly. It's an important one. It's the first one seen here for 150 years. It is a once-in-a-century sighting. It's the first since 1868. Now, normally they're found in France and Spain, and it's thought that this bird got confused while it was migrating. Couldn't find its way home. And finally, a mystery bidder has paid 20 million quid, almost 30 million dollars for a seat on Blue Origin. This is the rocket from Jeff Bezos, who owns uh, Amazon. His space company, Blue Origin, uh, it's that, that's what's happening. It's going up with Jeff and his brother. They're going on a low orbit space flight and someone has paid 20 million pounds for a seat. And that is it for this week's Fun Kids Science Weekly. If you've got something sciencey that you want answered on the show, you need to leave it as a review for us over on Apple Podcasts. Drop your name, give us five stars. There's a little comment box at the bottom. That is where you leave your question. While you're on Apple Podcasts, it's one of the best places that you can hear uh, so many science podcasts that we do. Loads more podcasts. Stuff about history, stuff about geography. Loads, they're all on there. You can get them on the free Fun Kids app and at funkidslive.com too. You can come and see Fun Kids Science Weekly live at the end of August. The perfect finish to your summer holidays if you're in the UK. It's happening in London. You can get your tickets for that over at funkidslive.com. And Fun Kids are a children's radio station from the UK. Listen to us all over the country on your DAB digital radio, on that free Fun Kids app, and at funkidslive.com. 